0: Hello and welcome to the How BJJ Works podcast, the podcast where we do a deep dive and explore a concept or topic that was covered in the weekly blog post on the website. My name is Justin and I am your host. I'm a three-stripe purple belt who's been training in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu for about seven years. This podcast is mostly targeted at newcomers to BJJ or those who are curious about the sport and would like to learn more before taking the plunge. That being said, all are welcome. If you've been training for a while but just like to listen to people talk about Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, please take a seat and stay a while. Today's podcast is going to be covering the age-old question, should you train gi or no gi? This will be a very controversial topic for some people, but in this podcast we're going to talk about four things. The first is going to be why you shouldn't overthink it. Number two is reasons to train gi. Number three, reasons to train no gi. Number four, times when it's necessary to train only gi or only no gi. Before we get started, I just wanted to let everyone know that I appreciate all the feedback I've been getting, lots of good positive feedback from people. Please continue sending me messages on things that I can improve upon or topics or ideas that you would like to hear covered. Uh, Additionally, just a reminder, there is a website, howbjjworks.com, where most of what we covered is in blog post format, so if you ever want to read instead of listen, you can check that out there. Okay, let's dive right into it. So, when it comes to rolling gi or no gi, I guess first we should probably talk about, before we get to our four points, we should probably talk about what gi versus no gi means for those who who might not know. So, this is just the uniform essentially that we're talking about when it comes to training, grappling, or Brazilian jiu jitsu, or wrestling, or judo. There's like usually a kind of standard uniform that you're going to find at most training centers or gyms or schools. So in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu that's typically that's typically what they call the gi. That's gi and that's going to look like the judo uniform, the karate, it's that jacket and pants. Some people like to say that it looks like we're rolling around in pajamas. It's essentially what we're doing. But there's also no-gi training. And no-gi training essentially refers to training without the gi and usually that's going to be in shorts, board shorts, leggings and then some kind of like tight fitting rash guard or shirt. So usually you just want tight fitting clothes that don't have pockets, so the fingers don't get caught, they don't have zippers, so you don't damage the mat. You're just looking for tight fitting shorts and shirt. Sometimes people will roll without a shirt. <laughs> um, depends on what kind of gym you're at. You know. And I'm laughing because if you've never rolled with somebody who was only wearing a pair of board shorts, um it can be an interesting and very slippery experience sometimes. <laughs> So now that we've covered the basics of what gi nogi is, uh, the question, should you train gi or no gi? So the bottom line, from my perspective, is that you should do both. And a lot of people have that perspective as well. If you can, you should do both, right? There are advantages and disadvantages that come with each style. Each will make you a better grappler, and that's kind of the bottom line. And for the most part, you shouldn't really commit yourself necessarily to one style versus the other. Because if you do this, you're really only limiting your own growth. So this brings me to point one. Essentially, don't overthink training gi versus no gi. And this is, of course, just to reiterate, for beginners, right? We're not talking about advanced students who may be training for specific things like competition in the gi, etc. Right? If you're doing that, then obviously you should train gi to practice for that. But when you're first starting, don't overthink it especially when you're first establishing all those routines and getting you know figuring out what's going on, getting used to everything. The bottom line is that you're just there on the mat putting in the hours, putting in the time. You're getting acclimated, you're learning, and you're making progress towards learning the techniques and kind of what is going on in this weird sport where people are rolling around in pajamas, right? So whatever your situation is, just get to as many classes as you can without hurting yourself, right? Without you know, wearing down your body, but Just train as much as you can. Don't even worry about whether it's Gi or no Gi. Just focus on learning and showing up. So point number two brings us to let's look at reasons why you should train Gi. So this is for people who may not see any point to training in the Gi. Here's a few things that maybe you didn't think about. So the first is real-world application. So believe it or not, there is actually a quote-unquote real-world application to the Gi. If you're skeptical of this, just think to yourself how many people you know walk around wearing jeans and jackets okay if you live in a warm climate <laughs> then this may be a little different um, but if you you know live in the pacific northwest or somewhere where it's rainy or essentially people wear jeans and shirts that's actually going to transition very well to the ghee i mean when it comes to the ghee pants just make those same grips but on jeans it actually works really well In terms of the burt that somebody might be wearing instead of the gi jacket, actually all the same grips, all the same chokes, they still transition. Now with a shirt, you might only be able to choke them once before they don't have a shirt any longer because you're going to rip it. But you can still get it. You can still make it work. And then if they are wearing like a winter coat, well, there you go. It's pretty much the same thing. The second reason you might want to train gi is it slows down the game quite a bit. And so if you're older, you're smaller, you find yourself uh, at some kind of size disadvantage, and you just don't really want to try to keep up with all those young athletic kids, maybe you should try playing in the gi for a little bit. You might find that it actually helps you kind of slow down the game a little bit. You don't have to think as fast. You can spend a little bit more time trying to figure out things kind of within each position before it moves on to the next really quickly. And it could be a really good way to learn. might not be as much fun, but... At the same time, you can actually get used to the different positions and kind of figure out what you like to do there. And then what you learn in the gi will translate to no gi. just might have to be a little modified. And reason number three would be the belt system and promotions. So there's a lot of gyms that won't promote you if you don't show up in the gi. And a promotion shouldn't necessarily be your primary motivation or even your secondary motivation for training. But, you know, there's something to be said about wanting to progress and feel like you're making progress towards your goals. Okay, moving on to section number three, why you should train no-gi. So here's a few reasons for those no-gi haters (laughs) who might not like the no-gi people and only like to roll in the purest form of jujitsu, which is the gi. So for those people, the first point would be similar to the other section of rolling of the gi, is the real-world application. So in this case, it's just going to be the inverse What if you're wearing shorts, and you're at the pool, and you have to have a self-defense situation? (laughs) What a strange place to get in a fight at the pool. But, you know, who knows? It'll happen. Maybe you're at the beach, maybe you're at the pool. Maybe this is, you know, Jaws, and you have to armbar a shark. Whatever it ends up being, and we can sit here and talk all day about how likely it is you'll ever end up being in a fight, period. Maybe if you're in the sport, you might be more likely to, or less, depends on who you ask. Regardless... That would be a conceivable real-world situation. Moving on to the second reason you should train no gi. Uh, You can't always get the grip that you want in gi. So even when you're training in the gi, sometimes people are really good at breaking grips. They don't want you to get the grip that you want. Maybe you simply just don't have time to get that ideal grip and you have to go, you have to sweep, you have to reverse now, you're on limited time, you gotta make it work. Maybe their gi is really tight and you can't grip the fabric. Maybe it's, you know, they're wearing a too small of a size of a gi. Sometimes that happens. And instead of getting that grip on the knee, you have to just grip kind of around the knee. So these are all situations that probably will happen to you at some point, And it's good to know what to do in those situations. And usually, if you have worked on your grips in no gi, and you're not relying on simply grabbing the fabric, that's going to translate really well. Which brings us to point number three for why you should train no gi, and that is your grips are actually going to get better in the gi. So this is kind of a weird thing. When you roll gi, you're going to get better at no gi. When you roll no gi, you're going to get better at gi. All those little adjustments, all those little things, are going to get easier just based on the fact that you know what to do without getting the ideal grip, whether it's fabric or not fabric, whether you're rolling in the gi and you're used to rolling nogi and all of a sudden you go oh my god I can actually grip this person here or vice versa whether you're rolling in nogi and you usually have a grip there but it doesn't trip you up you don't get worried you don't panic and you make work with what you have at your disposal so all those little things are going to start to add up over time from all the different positions and it's going to incrementally make you a better grappler which as you'll discover once you've been doing this for a few years is that you kind of don't really get those giant leaps and bounds of progress. Everything kind of becomes incremental. So it's just one more way to get better at all these little different aspects of jiu-jitsu. Okay, so section number four, we're going to talk about times when you actually might want to train only gi or only no gi. So we just looked at the different reasons why you should train both, essentially. But now we're going to look at very specific circumstances where you might wanna only train one. So the first, which we had already kinda talked about, was preparing for a competition. So if you're gonna be participating in a competition, you might only want to compete in gi or no gi. You can do both, but it's a lot of money and it's a lot of work, and especially for your first one, you might wanna just start with one and kinda figure it out from there. Also, tournaments are rarely ever on time, so you might be in there the entire day (laughs) if you're waiting to do both. So a couple things to consider. Regardless, whatever you'd end up deciding, you know, you're know you probably gonna to wanna to train within the one that you sign up for. So if you signed up for gi, you are probably just wanna train gi and vice versa. If you signed up for Nogi, you're just gonna to wanna to train Nogi. The other reason why you may only want to train one or the other is if you're focusing on a specific technique. And some of this will just depend on your school and a little bit of the culture of kind of where you're at. So for example, let's say you only wanna work on takedowns It's possible that your gym may have a wrestling class that you want to attend. That's probably going to be no-gi. Let's say you want to work judo and your gym has a judo class you want to attend. That's probably going to be gi, right? So some of this is going to be a little bit cultural and community-based. That being said, maybe you show up to a competition class. It may be gi or no-gi, depending on probably the instructor, what they want to work, what they think their students need, that kind of thing. There's going to be a number of situations where it may be a little different, depending on what you're trying to work on, and what the options are available to you. Similarly, maybe you only wanna work on chokes, uh, specifically wanna work on color chokes. Obviously, you're gonna need a gi for that, so you're probably gonna wanna focus more on your gi game for a little while, and maybe put the no-gi game on hold. Now, that being said, there's some really interesting no-gi variations of chokes that you can do in the gi And at some point, you're probably going to want to visit those. So maybe you just train gi for a while, get your chokes down, and then move over to no gi and focus on the variations of that for a little bit. So there's some interesting things you can do, depending on what your goals are. When you're first starting, again, just try to get as much time on the mat as you can. The next reason why you might only want to train one or the other would be if you're nursing an injury. Now, of course, the first thing you should do is consult your doctor, see if they recommend that you can still do a little bit of training, You know, very lightly, you should talk to your head coach, your instructors, make sure they understand that you're injured and that you just want to go light. Communicate this to your training partners. It's going to be pretty tedious. You're going to have to be operating at a much lower level of intensity than you probably want to be, but you should do what you can to continue learning even when you're injured. I happen to be a pretty big proponent of still training while injured in a very safe way, making sure that it's safe, right? but you can still do it and so in this case you're probably going to want to train in the style that you're most comfortable in right to further try to minimize injuries or the potential of other injuries so if you prefer nogi then you should probably stick to the nogi class and keep yourself safe you prefer gi go to gi and avoid nogi just kind of do what you feel comfortable doing and find ways to keep yourself safe so if you're wrist is injured then wrap it up you know in boxing tape and then wrap that up in athletic tape make sure you're letting everyone know make sure you're avoiding techniques that would further complicate that injury right be smart out there and seek medical advice when you need it you know don't just go to reddit and ask if you should train because you have this injury they're going to tell you to go see a doctor but if you're smart and you take the advice of medical experts and your coaches and you let your training partners know and you stick to a style that you're most comfortable in, then you can still even train when you're injured. So that wraps it up for training gi versus no gi in terms of the points that I wanted to make from the blog post. Uh, A little bonus that I wanted to talk about was a couple things that maybe you haven't thought about regarding training gi or no gi. So the first thing I wanted to talk about is when you're training no gi, I would heavily recommend bringing a spare towel. Uh, If you're anything like me, you sweat profusely, especially when you're working really intensely for a few hours at a time, possibly in a very hot room, it can get pretty slippery. (laughs) We'll go with the word slippery. So I've just found that if I bring a towel, keep it on the side in between sparring matches uh, or in between rounds when you're drilling, you can just walk over, wipe your face, your head off, maybe even your arms, and then head back onto the mats. And at least you're not just covered in sweat from head to toe. I've actually had some pretty gnarly injuries when I'm in a pretty good match with a guy and I go to push off the mat with my toes and they just slip in a big puddle of mud. And there's been a couple of times I've really tweaked my foot doing that, or it just kind of sucks if you do that and you go to push off and kind of be explosive and you slip in a puddle of sweat and then you just face plant. because you didn't go anywhere. Um, So a couple things to think about. Hopefully that helps. And then a fun tip I wanted to give you for when you're training in the gi. If you're anything like me, you really hate it when people pull the gi pretty much over your head and kind of trap your head and your arms in that weird kind of semi-claustrophobic way. There's something about that that just really bothers me. The jacket's not quite on. It's not quite off. And they're kind of starting to pull it up over your head. When that situation happens, I really like to just kind of hunch forward and shuck my arms through. Imagine that somebody is helping you pull off a wet shirt, and you kind of move your arms forward and kind of hunch your your shoulders to shuck it off, and it sort of slips off the top. If they're really yanking on the top of your collar, you can just kind of do that motion, and they'll essentially pull your gi right off the top of you. And... (laughs) It's kind of funny to just see the reactions on people. You know, maybe you shouldn't do this in the competition. That's probably not what I'm... Probably shouldn't recommend you do that. But you can probably get away with it in training. If nothing else, just to see the look on somebody's face, especially if there's somebody you train with that does this to you frequently or doesn't mind kind of pulling it over the top of your head and getting you in that weird position. Next time they do that, just kind of hunch forward, shoot your arm straight, and shuck the jacket off. And then just kind of pass as if like go back to your past as if nothing ever happened and uh, and see if they laugh or they say something kind of just a fun little thing to do in those weird situations. And if you do that and you really piss somebody off, uh, you can blame it on me. That's fine. This concludes our podcast, but I appreciate you sticking around for the whole episode. I hope you enjoyed yourself, and please leave a review or send me a message to let me know what you thought. In order to make ends meet, I do sell ad space on the website. I also promote affiliate links to products that I think are worth endorsing, and accept donations through Patreon. If you ever want to contribute, your support is greatly appreciated, but don't feel pressured to give anything that you can't afford to anyone ever. Until next time, tap early, train often, and most importantly, have fun.